1: Hey everybody, it's Tuesday, October 3rd, 2023. Welcome to the NFL Fantasy Football Show. It's me, your man, M.G. Marcus Grant, joined by Michael F. Florio. We got a fun one today, folks. We are hitting up the fan mailbag to answer some of your biggest questions after week four. And our Palmetto Matt is going to drop by with his top waiver wire targets, but let's get going with some of your questions. This one coming from Charlie, who asks, should I trade Chris Olave? I mean, I feel like I know the answer to that, but you go ahead. I would
2: say no. Yeah. Like right now, I feel like you're trading him at a low point. And then you look at the game he had this past week. I know he didn't put up big numbers or anything like that, but He had been seeing big volume previously. The big days are coming. Right now, yesterday was more about Derek Carr than anything. Yeah, it's surprising that the
1: Saints really went with Carr. I wonder if they're going to sort of reevaluate that because he just didn't look good at all. Uh, This one coming from ZD Boy wants to know, how am I supposed to feel about Jalen Waddle? The Dolphins offense is on fire, but Waddle consistently seems like the odd man out. Ooh,
2: what are you thinking about that one? He did have a touchdown called back due to penalty yesterday. And I know the targets aren't all that high right now, but they weren't all that high last year either. He was averaging less than seven targets per game. Tyreek is the vacuum there. Waddle, maybe he is not going to be a wide receiver one this season, but he's still far too good, I think, and brings too much upside that you got to start him each week. Because the ceiling is so high, right? And like right
1: now, the floor has been very low. I get that part, but the ceiling is so high. It is a little concerning, though, if you've got Jalen Waddle, when you see Braxton Berrios and River Craycraft and those guys started getting involved in the offense, because that does take away from Waddle. As you mentioned, Tyreek Hill is going to be the guy. So uh, I would try to hold the fort with him. But if you're getting a little bit nervous, you know, just put him out there in some trade offers. See maybe what you can get. A uh, question from Gunner. What to do with DJ Moore at this point? This feels kind of like a sell high maybe opportunity.
2: Yeah, you either sell high or you keep starting him. Like he he's been at least 13 fantasy points in three straight, giving you 19 fantasy points per game in that span, and he's on pace for a career high in yards and touchdowns right now. Like if you don't believe it, try to sell high, but. There's nothing, no benching or anything like that when it comes to DJ Moore. And I think the other part of it
1: is there really no other receivers that you can count on to take targets. Maybe Cole Komet gets some work, but look, the Bears told Chase Claypool to stay home. I mean, that's what it is right now <laughs> in their wide receiver room. So uh, like, like Florio said, either you hold on to him and you keep playing him or you try to sell high and see what you can get. Uh, one last one. This one from Deshaun DJx. Uh, roster one <laughs> long term. Tank Dell Or Nico Collins? Ooh, Texan
2: on Texan violence here. It's Nico Collins for me who has been, had three really nice games, two huge games, but This is just kind of a lesson at wide receivers. Like both of those two are in play each week. Variance is going to make it where like one of them could have a big game, but the ceiling is too high, I think. And they pass way too much for me to want to get away from both of them. Yeah.
1: Nico Collins for me is the number one wide receiver there in Houston. So he's the guy that I would roster long-term, but I don't think you can go wrong with either of them because as Mike said, there is going to be week to week. There's going to be Collins weeks. There's going to be Dell weeks. There might even be a Robert Woods week thrown in there at some (laughs) point, but uh, Nico Collins is the wide receiver one for my money there in Houston. Looking at some guys maybe who aren't top of your list, but maybe should be coming up. We got the buys starting in week five, so we'll take a break, come back. We'll talk some waiver wire with our pal Matt Okada. That's after the break on the NFL Fantasy Football Show.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, Let's
1: get some of the top waiver wire targets for this week. Our pal Matt Okada's put together a list for week five. A couple of quarterbacks, uh, actually a quintet of quarterbacks. CJ Stroud, who's slinging it for the Texans. Sam Howell doing big things for the Commanders. Josh Dobbs playing really good football right now for the Cardinals. Zach Wilson coming off a surprising performance against the Chiefs on Sunday night. And Taylor Heineke, who very well might be taking over the starting job for the Falcons. Some running backs to note. Chuba Hubbard in Carolina. Jaleel McLaughlin with Javante Williams a little bit banged up in Denver and Melvin Gordon, who got a target, which blew me away uh, for the Ravens. Pass catchers, Adam Thielen, Romeo Dobbs, Michael Wilson, the rookie for the Cardinals. Josh Palmer, Quentin Johnston still in play for the Chargers, though they do have a bye. Keep that in mind. Uh, Curtis Samuel had a touchdown for the commanders. Tyler Boyd steps up with T. Higgins banged up. Johnu Smith. Right now, the number one tight end in Atlanta. Let's pour some out for Kyle Pitts. Jake Ferguson doing good things in Dallas, and Cole Komet had a couple of touchdowns for the Bears. This is a chance for us to welcome in the man who puts together our waiver wire list every week. It's Matt O'Connor. You can check out his column at NFL.com slash waiver wire. So we got five (laughs) teams on a bye this week, Matt. We got the Browns, the Chargers, the Seahawks, and the Buccaneers. Uh, you were very high on some quarterbacks, including a rookie down there in Houston. What do you like about C.J. Stroud?
3: Yeah, this this feels like a big quarterback week, honestly, with a couple of good ones on by a couple underperforming, some injury stuff. C.J. Stroud is the number one go to for me. He is already right now a top 10 fantasy quarterback through not only the first four weeks of the season, but the first four weeks of his career. Uh, 280-plus yards and two touchdowns in three straight games, and that includes this week against the Steelers, who we all know are a very good defense. Next three weeks are the Falcons-Saints, which are both good defenses as well, and a week seven bye, and I don't care. If you have an elite QB, add Stroud so your league mates can't have him. If you don't have an elite QB, Stroud is your new starter. Uh, he, he, He is lighting up the league. He is quite possibly already the lock for offensive rookie of the year at this rate. And I'm willing to run him out there, matchup agnostic against anyone. In fact, I wanted to play a name game with you guys okay. if you're down really yep. quick. Would you drop these guys to add CJ Stroud? Dak Prescott.
2: Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. So.
3: yeah. Trevor Lawrence. Yes.
2: I would want both. I don't know if I'd be willing to drop him yet.
3: Okay, but it's fringe. <laughs> it's fringe. Here's the, here's the big one. You're one and three or 0 oh and four, and you have Joe Burrow. Do you
2: drop him for CJ Stroud?
3: I'd be too scared. Like, I, I understand the logic. I would just be too scared to make that move.
1: <laughs> I would 100%
2: just start him. I would not be dropping Joe Burrow, though.
3: Okay. But I would start Stroud over. I I personally, in my article, recommend dropping Burrow if you're Ooh. in a bad spot. If, 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 you, if you can hold him, hold him. But right. Stroud is playing great, and I don't know what's going on with Burrow. I understand the logic. I just, I'm chicken. That's all. That's
2: just me. <laughs> you, you have another quarterback here who coming into the year, I said, was going to be a value for as long as he could start. And then he wasn't able to get the ball to Terry and Dotson. And yesterday I was calling for his job. And then he went out and performed great. <laughs> and we finally saw him running the ball as well. So uh, what about Sam? Howell? How do you feel about him moving forward?
3: Yeah, I really like Sam Howell, at least as a stream starter. And by the way, let it just be known, Terry McLaurin's touchdown was barely a Terry McLaurin touchdown. And it was because someone fumbled the ball and he picked it up. So we still have to see how will get McLaurin into the end zone properly. But he had another start worthy week again, despite throwing only one passing touchdown. It's the second time he's done that. And it was again on the merits of his rushing ability, which you pointed out. He had a rushing touchdown in week one. He had 40 yards this past week and almost beat the Eagles doing it. And he also topped 20 fantasy points just with his arm in week two. It was against the Broncos defense, which (laughs) I could throw 20 fantasy points against, but it's fine. The point is, he is a very solid streamer in the right matchups, like week five against the Bears, who are not very good. Uh, Fourth most passing yards allowed through the first month of the season. If you have Herbert, Gino, Deshaun, all of whom are on by, and like we hit on, if you have Burrow, who you have to bench right now, I love Howell as a stream. And he's on TNF this week, I believe. He is. Uh, Bears and commanders on Thursday Night Football. So we get
1: to see him in prime time. Everybody gets to watch Sam Howell. Uh, wide receivers. Adam Thielen, for years, has been stiff arming the idea of regression. We keep saying he's going to regress. And then he scores like a bunch of touchdowns. And this year, we're like, fade Adam Thielen. And right now, he's a top 10 fantasy wide receiver. So, I guess it's time to buy in to Adam Thielen, right?
3: Yeah. uh, In an odd way, he kind of feels like a very poor man's wide receiver version of CMC. We seem to try to find a reason not to make CMC the number one overall pick. And then every year, he proves that he should be. Thielen... He's just old reliable at this point with the emphasis on old now, admittedly, (laughs) but he scored 15 plus PPR fantasy points in three straight weeks. He's a top 10 wide receiver on the season, and that includes a dud in week one that he's left in the dust. Seven catches, 76 yards from Bryce Young on Sunday, and I think he learned from watching Andy Dalton the week prior. Dalton peppered Thielen. It was a great showing for both of them and Bryce, who missed that game. Came back, did the same thing. Thielen had another great week. Volume is king in fantasy, even on terrible offenses like Carolina's. And Thielen is currently on pace for 140 targets this season. That is what you want, especially in PPR, with your wide receiver. And let's be clear, there's not a super exciting ceiling. But it doesn't really necessarily matter when you're in near lock for double-digit fantasy points, and especially with the bye week starting to hit. Thielen is a permanent flex option, as far as I'm concerned, and becomes a pluggable wide receiver too. when your guys are on bye, you can rely on Thielen, throw him in there.
2: Completely agree. And then another wide receiver that I've been hyping up a bit since before the NFL draft is Michael Wilson. And I am very excited to see him now getting some love. Not only did he catch the two touchdowns yesterday, but he's been more and more involved in this Cardinals passing attack. So what do you think about Michael Wilson?
3: Yeah, he has been. And the hype was late on Michael Wilson, which is why uh, pro- most of our listeners probably don't know his name. He's a third round pick out of Stanford, prototypical size, 6'2", 213 pounds. And then he had a lot of competitiveness and he had a very impressive senior bowl. And both those things, quote unquote, rocketed hit him up draft boards all the way to the third round after he had a slew of injuries in his college college career kind of derailed what could have been maybe higher draft stock otherwise. But like you said, he's flashed a little bit already over the first few weeks before really breaking out on Sunday, seven catches, 76 yards, a pair of touchdowns against the 49ers defense. So we can believe it to some degree. And I think his biggest asset, no pun intended, is his size, because your your other go to guys there are Marquise Brown and Rondale Moore. Those guys are not big possession options. They're not great red zone threats. You do have Zach Ertz down near the red zone. But I think Michael Wilson is stepping up to a point where he's going to be maybe that guy and might end up leading this team in every category going forward. And with Joshua Dobbs playing as well as he is and maybe Kyler returning at some point, I think Wilson could be the biggest surprise of this draft class and a very valuable fantasy asset moving forward. One more surprise, because the Cardinals have been a surprise through the first four weeks of the season with
1: how well they have played. The record, record doesn't show up, but they've played some really good football so far this season. Uh, it seems like the Cowboys just keep turning over the tight end position, but they keep finding guys who perform. I guess Jake Ferguson is next in line there, huh?
3: I, I think so. He kind of first showed up in the offense with a touchdown in week two, and I remember writing in the column, Listen, guys, he scored a touchdown. What more do you want from tight ends? Just stash this guy. (laughs) Since then, he's averaged double-digit fantasy points per game, top eight among tight ends. He led the Cowboys with seven catches on seven targets for 77 yards. So if you like sevens, you should like (laughs) Jake Ferguson. In the annihilation of the Patriots uh, on Sunday, he has a clear rapport with Dak. That's just obvious on the field. It's obvious in his stat line. He very much seems to be the new Dalton Schultz. And this offense is humming, and a humming offense means red zone trips. And red zone trips are good for the player who leads the entire NFL with 11 red zone targets. He is their go to guy, where it counts most for tight ends. I think he has a very good chance to lead the position in touchdowns over the remainder of the year. Obviously, Travis Kelsey is always in that conversation, but Ferguson is a hot red zone option. I think he is a must add, and really at this point, a must start in like everything but six team leagues. Uh, Plus, you can (laughs) throw in some Fergalicious team names. That's a big win, so add him.
2: And another tight end, Cole Komet. He's the tight end one right now in week four. Caught two touchdowns, but he had more fantasy points in week four than the first three weeks combined. Is this just Komet going against the Broncos, or do you think that he is real moving forward?
3: This is a little bit of column A and a little bit of column B, but it's more column B. And let's be clear, Comet is not the most widely available player, but he is available in more than 40 percent of NFL.com leagues, which is how we set the bar for this for the waiver column for the show that makes him eligible. And it's way too available. This guy is the one B really in that offense. He has one fewer target than DJ Moore, and he's produced with it admittedly not super great uh, fantasy production over the first three weeks but we saw the huge game he had last week 85 yards two touchdowns 28 fantasy points and that rockets him all the way up to top three among tight ends over the whole season that's the kind of game he can have which is why he needs to be in your lineup but even when he doesn't put out that kind of production he's going to be a startable tight end which admittedly isn't great and This really heavily depends on Justin Fields and his inconsistency. Can he be better than he was over the first three weeks? I don't think he'll be as good as he was against the Broncos because they're the Broncos and they might be the worst defense we've ever seen in the NFL. (laughs) But I think he falls somewhere in between these two for the rest of season. Guys with this kind of target share do not grow on trees. He is must roster and start.
1: Uh, let's talk about a guy to stash, and it's in Denver. Javante Williams has a hip flexor. He's sort of day-to-day right now. But Jaleel McLaughlin the last couple of weeks has gotten some opportunity, and he's looked pretty good about it.
3: Yeah, this is not the best uh, week for running backs on the waiver wire. Devon H. Hand stole it all last week, all the good running back juju. But Jaleel McLaughlin feels like the best option. Um, and with Javante day-to-day, we don't really know where how that's going to play out. I expect he might miss a week or two. I do think that McLaughlin is a stash. I say stash because they play the Jets this week, and I do not really want to start this guy against the Jets. But like you said, he's looked very good. He had a great week, 104 scrimmage yards and a touchdown uh, on Sunday. He's an undrafted rookie who had a very productive college career, but they were at lower tier schools, so didn't get any draft capital. We didn't really know what to expect from him, but the tape has looked good. The production last week with Javante exiting early looked really good. I think he's worth tucking away and maybe even becomes usable if Javante is not fully healthy for a while.
2: What about for fantasy defenses? Are there any that uh, people could get ahead of right now and and stream for week five?
3: Yeah, I, I have three defenses that I love this week that are all very readily available. You have Aiden Hutchinson and the Lions who get Bryce Young and the Panthers this week. So that's like 15 sacks and seven interceptions, <laughs> I would guess. Not quite, but literally something insane is possible with this, this defense, the way they've been playing, the way they've been blowing out teams, and the Panthers have been struggling. So love the Lions. Can't believe I'm saying this. It's wild. If you had told me I would say this in week five, <laughs> I would have smacked myself. The Cardinals are playing the what look like toothless Cincinnati Bengals this year. They are, this is just statistics, not tape. They are the worst scoring and total offense in the league. It, it is, it seems heavily Joe Burrow and his calf, but it might be more than that at this point. I don't know what's going on, but until we see them fix everything, you can start pretty much any defense, except maybe the Broncos against this team. So I'm rolling the Cardinals out. And then I also really like the Colts in a divisional showdown against Ryan Tannehill and the Titans, who, if you have not watched this year, do not look good at all. i a couple of Derrick Henry plays that <laughs> kind of saved a little bit of that offense's uh, future. I think they're few and far between at this point. And when they're not making those plays, they're getting absolutely ran through. So Lions, Cardinals, Colts, top three defenses for the week.
1: There it is. All of the waiver wire goodness you need to help bolster your roster heading into week five. Check out Matt Okada. You can find him on Twitter at Matt Okada. And you can check out the article at NFL.com slash waiver wire. Matt, appreciate it. We'll talk to you again next week. And for the rest of you, we appreciate you hanging out with us. The NFL fantasy football show tomorrow. We're previewing the first chunk of the week five slate. You know the drill. Tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review, and remember, Never meddle in the affairs of dragons, for you are crunchy and taste good with ketchup. Be safe, take care of yourselves, and we'll talk to you again real soon.